Welcome to the True Spirituality with Ange podcast. I'm here to bring you a version of spirituality that will uplift you, inspire you, and make you feel good. Your belief system does not matter. Everyone is welcome. And along the way, I hope I will help you to build your own spiritual blueprint that will make you feel 100% good about yourself. This is what I have done for myself, thanks to my intuition. So come along for the ride and let's light up the world. You don't need to be religious or even to believe in God. This is an inclusive and diverse space. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of the True Spirituality with Ange podcast. This week, episode number 18, I'm asking the question, can lawyers be angels? I love a good controversial question, uh, but for some people, this must, might actually be a proper oxymoron. And <laughs> I... Um, I suppose my ex would say it is because he always told me that lawyers were scumbags, that they were uh, ambulance chaser. And I was recently reminded of a, a quote uh, from Jessica in the famous TV um, series called Suits that I've watched over and over again, and I absolutely love it. And she says as well, I think it's uh, probably because someone has made a, an unsavory remarks about lawyers and how they're um, power hungry, they're money hungry. And even though this can be true for some, um, I'm always a bit annoyed when people make broad statements like that. Uh, and I don't actually believe that you it's fair on lawyers to put them all in the same bag. In fact, um, in an article that I wrote for Medium over the weekend, uh, I was sharing how I believe there's uh, four different reasons why people go into law. One of them is the prestige of the profession and the, the amount of money that you can make. I do want to highlight, though, that um, extreme um, money making in law is only reserved. Well, it's it's more prominent in America than and than in Europe, for example. Uh, the UK is a little bit similar to America in that respect. <laughs> I've often seen it as a little America within Europe. Uh, I live in the UK, so it's, uh, you know, I do love the UK. It's, this is not a criticism. Uh, but it's also reserved to a certain area of law, Um that pertains to mergers and acquisition, corporate law, business law, which is actually what I used to practice in as a lawyer. I had a 15 thriving career as a mergers and acquisition lawyer, so I should know about it. And even so, I have met some remarkable lawyers in my days. And I have recently as well through my divorce uh, who have embodied um, values, ethics, manners and also intellectual honesty to a point where I was completely impressed. So um, 
I want to start this episode by trying to debunk the myth that lawyers are actually bad people. Um, so as I said, um, there's one reason why some people want to get into law is the money, the prestige, um, and all things material. But there's also people who get into law because they're from a family of lawyers. So it's um, it's very common when you, you're a lawyer to <laughs> try to mold your children into continuing the profession, especially if you have a family practice. Uh, but then there's a third category, um, and I'm not even part of any of these three categories. <laughs> uh, a third category, that go into law to do the right thing. They go into law because they believe in justice and it's important for them to protect people and to defend people within the justice system, however imperfect it might be. And I have met some of these lawyers uh, in the UK. There's something called the Good Law Project uh, and that's lawyers who are constantly um, lobbying to change things that uh, are not right in society uh, and point in the right direction, doing, you know, lobbying and stuff like that. So uh, I'm sure wherever you listen uh, to this podcast in the world, you will find a similar organization that you can sponsor for lawyers who really take at heart uh, creating a better society. Sadly, I wish I I was part of these kind of lawyers, but I wasn't. I, I got into law because uh, none of the other options seemed to be available to me of the things that I really wanted to do. And I caved into the pressure of my parents who said, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. So I was uh, taken to a career advisor who did lots of tests and who concluded that I would do really well at law. And she was right. I did extremely well. Uh, but it was never my calling. It wasn't something that pulled my heart, but I did put my heart and soul into it for the 15 years that I was in the profession. So I want to, you know, um, take my hat off to the good lawyers. I think in every profession you can find good people and not so good people or people who act in ways that are not as commendable. And um, But that doesn't uh, warrant to put everyone in the same bag. Right, so after this little introduction, uh, how on earth did I come to wonder if lawyers can be angels? It all started in around the year 2003, which I realize is, is um, 20 years ago, oh my God, after I moved to Bristol. I um, So I moved from Paris, which is my hometown, or used to be my hometown, to London in 2001. And one of the people who helped me the most to move, especially since I was the mother of two children under five, uh, I was leaving my husband as I moved to the UK. So really, really big decision. I was also being made a career move, uh, which was fantastic. Um, I loved my new job so much in London as a lawyer. Um, and the person who helped me the most to make that those big, big, big decisions where you're kind of afraid that you're going to ruin your life, especially if it doesn't turn out how, how it's expected. And and isn't there nothing worse than someone, a relative or a friend who will come and tell you, I told you so. So anyway, um, I actually hired a psychic um, to give me some guidance. And it wasn't the first time I went to see her. So um, I really, really trusted her. 
And of course, I had almost made the decision to accept the job offer in London, but there were so many consequences. I wanted that little bit of comfort of like, is it really the right decision for me and my children? Because it was going to deprive my children of their dad for the most part, um, at, at least on a day-to-day -day basis, because his, the, their dad stayed in Paris and we moved to London, but also of their grandparents and um, generally the family. Um, so I, I didn't want to do the wrong thing for my children. Anyway, I went to see this psychic who said, absolutely, uh, your move to the UK is very beneficial for all of you. Um, you will love it and you will thrive. And she was right. So after the move, so I moved in 2001, a couple of years later, I started yearning for another reading, let's put it this way, because it had been so beneficial for me. I was lucky to, um, you know, good psychics that were, um, had good um, working ethics and who were very good. Um, that's also because I only went to see psychics that were recommended to me. This is going to be a topic for another episode, but just to um, to show you that I wasn't and, and uh, I didn't always go to psychics. I actually started quite late um, in my life. Um, I was impressed by especially the one I used to see in Paris because she had very high um, moral ethics or whatever you want to call that um, and just to give you an example so I was having a lot of problems in my relationship with my first husband back then and for a couple of years she tried to show me ways that we could improve our relationship but sadly it came to a point where it had become so toxic that uh, there was nothing to be done and and when she delivered these news to me which I already knew it was just a confirmation she had so much compassion for my ex-husband that I felt this woman really um, felt almost like a spiritual uh, mentor more than just a psychic and it's actually funny because I didn't think I was going to share this on this episode but when I I admired her so much that deep down inside I thought I wish I could help people in the same way when the time comes but I never thought that I would and yet this is what I'm doing pretty much what she's doing nowadays so um that's quite fascinating Anyway, so I had had the guidance of this woman for a couple of years back in France. I'd moved to the UK, then I moved from London to Bristol um, because London was getting too expensive and I wanted my kids to be able to um, have a garden and play outdoors um, because I'd been raised myself in Paris. Not that I had, you know, there was anything wrong with it. I loved living in Paris. I think I was very privileged to grow up in Paris, but somehow I always wanted to experience more of a countrified life lifestyle um and so i went to a, a local crystal shop uh, around where i now live um to get some recommendations of who i could go to see uh, for a psychic reading and um, i booked this lady went to see her and um it was quite different from the type of readings i used to get in france because my uh psychic mentor let's put it this way back in France was also a graphologist and a numerologist so it wasn't just psychic stuff she was delivering it was also based on the modalities that she used whereas this woman that I saw for the first time in in Bristol or in the UK was a psychic medium a proper psychic medium and I'd never actually been to a psychic medium at least not in in a long long time 
So she brought my grandmother through right away and my grandmother had died two years before. So it was quite an emotional time and she was able to show me things about my grandmother that she had no way of knowing. Uh, one of the things that she brought up was uh, the Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox Church. which is not, I'm not, I have no links with, with Russia uh, or with the Orthodox Church, but my grandmother volunteered in a Russian center in Paris, and she used to go to uh, um, Russian Orthodox um, masses, and she took us to a couple of them, especially the Christmas celebration, which was absolutely beautiful. So she had no way of knowing that. She put it across, and it was good to know that my grandmother hang around me still because Uh, even though we had a bit of a conflicted relationship, I still loved her dearly. And then the psychic moved on to say that I had a spirit guy, a Native American spirit guy, and I wasn't prepared for that. It was like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what spirit guides are. You have to remember back then I was a corporate lawyer, right? Um, I had had a couple of unusual experiences that made me wonder and search for meaning in life generally. And um, I was already quite on my spiritual path, but talk to me about spirit guides, spirit animals, all these things that was completely alien. And it was, um, I felt very uncomfortable. Well, I didn't realize that I was going to become even more uncomfortable during that session because At the end of the session, she said, do you mind if I bring my husband in to look at something? And I, I was, I was that, that start, I started to feel a bit fidgety at that point. Um, but I said, yes, because I was still a people pleaser back then. So he comes in, I find out that he's a palm reader. So he spreads my hands in front of him and he has a look and then they have a little understood look between them. He leaves the room. And that's when she discovered she delivered the news, which was a complete shocker for me. It was unpleasant to the extreme, and I actually wanted to run out the door. Um, and you might wonder why, but what she said basically after confirmation from her uh, husband was, are you aware that you have angel dust coming out of your hands? Just a small pause to mention something quite exciting that's happening right now. I have created a quiz and I was wondering if you'd like to take it. So in order to do that, um, I will be adding a link in the show notes to sign up for my newsletter, which means that you'll receive my musing, some others, and um, then you'll make sure that you know what kind of content I put up because I'm also an author with... Um, the Taoist Online on Medium. So the quiz, um, I work with a framework with my one-to-one -one client called the EPIC framework. And this framework enables you to um, establish the foundations of your success. Most people don't reach their full potential because these four um, pillars are not in place. And these pillars for me are energy, prosperity, intuition, and mindset. So if one of these pillars is not rock solid, uh, when you reach a certain level of success, you will be uh, probably sabotaging yourself. So this is what it can look like. Um, you know, you, you've just had a promotion or your business is doing really well. Your relationship is amazing. Um, you love your life, but then you get very sick.
perhaps because you don't have time to rest, you're constantly on the go, etc. So that's the energy pillar. The prosperity pillar surprises me often, but it can happen for people who are actually really um, successful. Um, their money is coming in beautifully, but then whenever they reach a level that goes above what they're comfortable with with money, and this can be an unconscious thing, a huge bill comes in or something breaks down, or and it almost seems like whenever they have this big, big part of money coming in, it's immediately used for something else. That's when your prosperity pillar needs working on. Um, intuition is more likely to be about, um, a little bit about the law of attraction as well. It's it's around uh, being able to make decisions in an easy to get in the flow of life and also um, to start understanding that it's not all down to you, that the universe actually co-creates with you. And the last one, mindset, uh, I'm not going to go too much into it because I don't want this interruption to be too long, but um, you can see how these four pillars are absolutely vital if you want to reach your next level of success without having to sacrifice your health, your relationships, or even your sanity. So um, make sure you sign up for my newsletter. You will receive um, the quiz as a PDF, and I'd love to know which of the four pillars needs more work for you. So feel free also to reach out. Uh, the best way to do that is on Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Ange de Lumière on both. And I'd love to hear from you. I didn't think it was funny. You know, if, if it last sounded like a joke. It sounded like something completely extreme. And I didn't appreciate it. So I said no. I paid as fast as I could, walked out of their house, sat in my car, and sorry for the swearing, but I was like, bloody hell, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, I don't even believe it. Uh, it's completely out there, off the wall, as some people would like to call it. And I just wanted to be left alone at this point. But what I didn't realize is that this wasn't going to leave me alone. And it didn't matter that I freaked out. Um I was meant to act on this and do something about it. So what happened is I slept on it and decided to train in spiritual healing just to start to understand what they were all talking about. One thing led to another. I came across um, some of Doreen Virtue's books. I don't know if you know about Doreen Virtue. She used to be a prominent spiritual teacher um, in the years 2000s. Um, she since has um, renounced her ways and has is a, now a born-again Christian. So she's actually denied everything that she ever wrote and all the beautiful oracle uh, angel decks that she's created. She's uh, renounced all of it. It's not really relevant to our conversation today, but just to give you, because, you know, I like to be accurate about what things. So back then she had written books about angel therapy, about the light workers way, about earth angels. And so it started to open my mind at least to the idea of, okay, maybe, maybe some people are angels in bodies. Who knows? And sometimes in, in normal conversation, people tell you, oh, you're an angel. Uh, and, and it's because people feel that you've been very kind and it's a, 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 it's a figure of speech. But I started wondering, could it be true, you know? Um, 
And I like to approach everything with a sort of scientific approach. Now, it's not purely scientific, because obviously I don't uh, test things. I don't do, I don't know how exactly what they're called, all these methods that scientists use. But um, the spirit of how I approach everything, and it's very important because um, to me, this is the whole foundation of this podcast, is the fact that I like to experiment, I like to test theories, I like to explore, but it's always um, with a sort of scientific philosophy in the sense that my goal is to advance knowledge rather than to affirm my beliefs, okay? So I'm here to challenge the way you look at things so that you can open your mind to new ideas. Uh, but at the same time, I'm quite, um, I'm going to say allergic because it's true. I'm triggered by people who are religious because they don't keep that, um, that philosophy of, uh, you know, um, whatever we're doing is not about what's true and what is not true. It's a statement to what is known to a various degree of certainty, if that makes sense. And this is from a quote from Richard Feynman, who was a very famous scientist. So um, I want to approach spirituality in the same way that scientists approach science, with that that honest honesty intellectually. And I'm I'm hesitating to say that because I don't want to say that people who are religious or spiritual are not honest, but they tend to speak their beliefs as if they were truths. And I never want to do that. I always want you to remember that whatever conclusion I've come, my beliefs are built on years of experience, but I'm I'm always mindful that they're just beliefs and that um, whatever stories I share are anecdotes that can... Um, illustrates my beliefs, but that's just as much as far as it goes. So I trained in Reiki and I was sort of opening my mind to this idea of earth angels, never really considered that I could be one and still don't. Um, and so I trained in spiritual healing, as I explained, and then I moved on to train in Reiki. And I know I haven't talked about Reiki yet. There'll be a full episode on that. It's a modality by um, that... Uh, um, affects a transfer of energy from the Reiki therapist to the client that can support um, health, whether it's mental health, physical health, or the process of healing. So I'm just going to say that it's from a Japanese tradition. Uh, it uses symbols to transmit the energy, the energy and, and to attune people. And as I say, if you want to learn more about it, um, feel free to reach out, but also know that there is going to be an episode about it um, soon. Although I can't tell you what and when exactly, because um, I kind of follow the energy for the, uh, the topics of my podcast. So I will be shown when it's time to talk about Reiki and it's not time yet. Sorry if this is frustrating. So at the first Reiki that I attended, um, we were like maybe six or seven uh, participants. And then there was the Reiki master that would teach us about what Reiki one is. And there was a lady in the room that claimed to be an earth angel. And even though I don't want to be judgmental, she was extremely negative. She completely sucked the energy out of the room by talking about herself constantly and not leaving much space for anyone else. Uh, she was bitter 
and she didn't sound like an author angel at all to me. Um, and I, I tend to think, uh, rightly or wrongly, that if someone was truly an earth angel, first of all, they probably wouldn't know it. And second, if they did, they wouldn't say that they are. That's just my opinion. But um, anyway, so my first encounter with an earth angel <laughs> or someone who claimed to be wasn't conclusive at all. But what I did started to understand, and that's because I did extensive research into the process of reincarnation, read tons of books. Uh, I was, I'm always being fascinated by death, life, reincarnation, even lives between lives. And I might have mentioned before on this podcast, Michael Newton's books um, that are very good. If I haven't, check him out. Uh, he's a psychiatrist that explored, um, regressed people into um, past lives and then realized that actually there was they had a lot to say in between lives of what was happening. And it started to make sense that if regular souls like you and me could decide to incarnate in a body and have a life on Earth, then why couldn't angels do the same? And I will say, I'm adding this more just to provoke you, but why not aliens as well? I don't I don't like the word alien. I prefer to call um, people who are not from the Earth um, celestial beings. Because alien is charged with this really, really negative and fear mongering energy. But um, wouldn't it make more sense for some aliens if they really want to make an impact on Earth to become human themselves and to have a human body? And then it, it bears the question of wondering, once they're human, are they still aliens or are they no human? <laughs> or once they're angels, once they're in the body, are they angels or are they human? And that's, that's a good um, thing to keep in mind. So gradually, so I, I definitely knew that this woman didn't feel like an earth angel, but I was still open to the idea of meeting an earth angel and finding out about them. And something caught me completely unprepared. Um, I was walking around with someone I know very well um, when I was visiting in London, and I looked at their back and suddenly I saw angel wings. Now this person, wasn't a healer, wasn't a light worker, didn't resonate with any of the, you know, new age or spiritual lingo. She, they were a high level financial advisor. So this is why it was so interesting that I saw angel wings on them. And just to say, I don't see things very often. Uh, I'm not, I don't consider myself as a clairvoyant, um, but occasionally I have these little flashes and it's really interesting. And sometimes it's more that I know that something's there rather than I see it. And I knew she she had wings and it, it fascinated me. And I was like, but the more, because I know this person quite well, it made a lot of sense um, that they would be an earth angel. So I, if someone can be in finance and be an angel, of course, they can be lawyers that are angels as well. They can be accountants. They can be doctors. They can be, um, I don't know, whatever profession, other profession, teachers uh, that are angels. Um, and that ties in for the lawyers into the, the third category that I described earlier of lawyers who join the legal profession to do the right thing. Now, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily uh, earth angels if that's their motivation for becoming lawyers. 
But what I'm saying here is that you can see that all these little steps have pushed me or led me to believe, and it's a belief, and I'm owning it as a belief only, that yes, uh, lawyers can be um, angels in disguise. And I actually think that the world needs more earth angels in every single profession, in every race, in every nook and cranny of the earth to make a difference. And one, an earth angel can just run a cafe somewhere in a community that really needs that cafe for people to connect and get the support, etc. It's not something that people do. Um, and, and this ties in with the 10 10 signs that someone might be an earth angel that I'm going to um, dig into in, in a few seconds. But what's really important for me is for you to realize that this belief that lawyers can be angels or finance people can be angels or accountants or whatever goes against the beliefs held in spiritual circles. And that bugs me a little bit, to be honest. So what are the 10 signs that uh, a person that you know or you come across can be an earth angel? Number one, they're here to serve humanity. Number two, they have compassion for people that you would find very hard to find compassion for. Three, they have such brilliant energy that it's almost like they bring peace wherever they go. Four, they love to help people with no strings attached. Five, they always look for the better, uh, for a better way to do things. Six, they always see the good in others. Seven, just by being in their energy uplifts you. Eight, they want everyone to win. Nine, they don't like to be the center of attention. And number 10, they're very bad at asking for help and they often neglect themselves. Now, I've been watching Queer Eye on Netflix uh, for the past few weeks and completely enjoying this show. Um, it's so much deeper than just, you know, makeup, clothes and, and house makeovers. And I want to point you out to one of the episodes if you haven't watched it yet. I think it's in series six and it's called Snow White of Central Texas. And they go and support a woman who has an animal sanctuary where she rescue and she rescues sorry animals who have broken legs, broken spines, who have been um, abused or neglected or who were going to be killed um, by the farming industry or the uh, meat industry. And, and um, this woman, for me, embodies everything that I've just explained here, including number 10, how much she neglected herself to the point where the mere sight of the queer eye team, the Fab Five, she bursts into tears and she just keeps crying through almost the whole episode, which is very sweet, but also, you know, quite poignant. There's a lot of neglect in Earth Angels' lives. But I also want to say that they're human too. So once you incarnate, once you're in a body, um, you are more human whatever, than whatever you were before you incarnated. So you feel emotions, you make mistakes, you experience really fully human. And for an angel, that can be even more challenging than for regular souls because they're not used to the coarseness of this, um, this Earth um, plane. 
And before I invite you to find out if you have an earth angel in your life, uh, I do want to mention that I believe the barrister that helped me in my um, divorce um, last year, I definitely think he was an earth angel. So um, I have spotted quite a few earth angels in my life. Now, I want you to do something on the back of this episode. I don't just want you to listen and then move on to the next. I want you to look around you and to find out from the 10 criteria that I've given you, do you know an earth angel? And if you do, I want you to go out and give them a big hug. Okay. And then what I also want you to do is to come and share the story under my article on Medium. So I'm called Spiritual Lawyer on Medium, and I'll share a link in the show notes. I have just published, or by the time this episode comes out, I will have published an article called Can uh, Lawyers Be Angels? And I would love for you to come and share your story underneath there. And of course, if you like my stories on Medium, I have now 22 articles published. Please uh, subscribe and engage there because that will help more people find out about my work. Thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the the True Spirituality with Ange podcast. I want you, before you go, if I could ask you to be kind enough to rate the podcast and write a review so that more people get to know about the podcast. Please also, if possible, share the episodes with people you think might be interested in listening to them, especially if you've liked them a lot. And um, understand that I'm also available to come and do um, expert talks um, to your communities, your memberships on either intuition in business, spirituality in business, mindset, um, energy, prosperity and intuition. Thank you so much for listening.